In 2008, Hurricane Ike wreaked havoc on the Texas coast. Unfortunately, it looks like this is going to make landfall just south of where we are in Galveston. What does that mean? We could see the highest surge where we are right here on Galveston. The reason for that is this storm is so large. That's why it's producing such massive surge and huge waves, waves as high as 32 feet, surge as high as 20 feet where we're located here. The cloud cover goes After that, we started serious discussions of ways to protect the Houston area from hurricanes. But all these years later, we are still vulnerable. Today, I'm talking with CityCast politics and policy contributor Evan Mintz. For years, Evan has pointed out that without some sort of coastal protection, Houston risks an environmental disaster like nothing the United States has ever seen. It's Monday, April 25th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Evan, every time politics turns to some subject that you think is a distraction, you tweet, build the Ike Dyke. It's a rallying cry. It's this idea that government is supposed to do big, important things. I'm always talking about the Ike Dyke. <laughs> like, you can't stop me. So let's start at the beginning. Why do we need an Ike Dyke? Why do we need some sort of coastal protection? What happens in the worst case? if we get a hurricane that comes in at the wrong spot. Well, let, let's start back at the namesake, Hurricane Ike. Do you remember Hurricane Ike? Yeah. It was pretty bad. A lot of people in Houston didn't have power for several weeks. 74 people died, about $30 billion of damage across the street of the state. Like it, it was pretty bad. And because it happened the same week of the economic crisis in 2008, everyone just kind of it, uh, ignored it. Like it didn't get a lot of big media coverage for something on this scale. National news. Yeah, exactly. But it was very bad for the Houston area. We were out of power for a long time. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it was a category three. It was not the strongest possible windstorm, but it was very bad. And we got lucky. Like it was bad and we got lucky because at the very last minute it moved east and it went east of Houston. And if it had continued on its initial path, it would have made a beeline straight for Galveston Bay. And the thing about hurricanes is that they rotate. And depending on which side of the bay the hurricane would hit, either the wind would be blowing from the north and blowing water out of the bay, or it'd be blowing from the south and blowing water into the bay. And as it pushes that water into the bay, it's what people call a storm surge, a surge of water being pushed in by a storm. And when you have something that big and pushing water into a more and more narrow path up into Galveston Bay and then Galveston Bay up into the ship channel, you have the equivalent of a 20-foot high wall of water moving through the ship channel. I mean, I have heard it. Phil Bedient at yeah. Rice says that if you want to picture a storm surge, you should picture like a brownie pan full of water mm -hmm. and then a hairdryer taken to it and it just pushes the water. And so that is what the hurricane does. It's right. pushing that water, except it an enormous scale. Mm -hmm. So you've got what, like a 20 foot wall of water? And that's on top of the waves. And that's probably underselling it too. It could be even yeah. worse. And the thing about the ship channel is it's not just say homes around there. It's not just buildings. There's a bunch of big refineries and storage tanks and pipelines. And they're all filled with chemicals and petroleum products and other things that really we don't know entirely what's there. God knows what. And so this water 
this wall of water smashes into these tanks in this worst case scenario. And it spills all of these chemicals into Galveston Bay. And as the, the Houston Chronicle editorial board described it in 2016 when I was on it, a uh, 20-foot wall of water smashing into tanks filled with oil and chemicals, transforming a bay teeming with life into a pit of poison. And, and that during a hurricane, that water is sloshing all over Houston, too. Mm -hmm. It's not just the bay. It's in the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. It's... It's in downtown. Up Buffalo Bayou, up the bayous, into yeah. neighborhoods, into downtown. This water filled with chemicals and carcinogens. Scientists have referred to this circumstance as something not unlike an American Chernobyl. Ay, ay, ay. Given the massive scale of harm that would be inflicted, except with Chernobyl, you knew what was going on. You knew that you had radioactivity. With these chemicals, we don't really know what's there. It would be a mystery of, like deathly concoctions being pushed into our neighborhoods. Yeah. To put it in context, the, the Exxon Valdez uh, spill was about 11 million gallons leaking into like remote Alaska. This would be something a little under 40 million gallons and in the middle of the nation's third largest county. Ay, ay, ay. So we don't want that to happen. No, we don't want that to happen. Nobody wants that to happen. And it could happen. There is a chance that a hurricane that size, a Category 3 or bigger, could come in south of Galveston and wreak havoc. Absolutely. It, it has almost happened with Hurricane Ike. It has happened in the past before you had that type of facility along Galveston Bay, before you had the Houston Ship Channel. Like, There's a reason why you have the seawall in Galveston right now. Because a hurricane like that has struck. Yeah. And like in 2020, we had Hurricane Laura, which was a Cat 4 and scared me to death. And it veered, thank God, to Louisiana, to a place that wasn't very inhabited. Mm -hmm. But these are not very far apart. No. We are having too many close calls. Every year we're spinning that roulette wheel. Yeah. Okay. So what can we do? Well, this is the Ike Dyke proposal. What, what, what is a possibility that we could do to protect our coast? Well, the idea was invented by Bill Merrill, who's a marine sciences uh, at Texas A&M University at Galveston. And his proposal was to build a massive coastal spine that he called the Ike Dyke. Um, and it would be walls up and down uh, Galveston Island to Boulevard Peninsula with a big gate uh, at the entrance to Galveston Bay. They could help block this water from coming in. Open the gate. To let ships through. Most of the time, the gate would be open. Right. And this would be like the uh, gate structures that exist in the Netherlands and also in St. Petersburg. Humanity has done stuff like this before. But it's a huge undertaking. It is a massive undertaking. Uh, the cost has grown with every uh, reassessment of it from something like 10 billion to now roughly 30 billion. The design has changed. Original designs that involve, say, taking the road that bisects Galveston Island and just raising that and using that as a wall, that got shot down by a lot of people who lived there who said, whoa, 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 so which side of this wall is my house going to be on? Uh. And suddenly realizing that they would not be protected by this and they didn't want this wall uh, bisecting the island. So now the design is to create a double dune structure where you build these massive artificial dunes along the beach on Galveston Boulevard that would block a storm surge, but also after a, a hurricane would have to be rebuilt. They'd have to be replenished with new sand every single time they got used. And would the dike still be along the highway or would it be along that edge of a beach? Well, this would be along the beach. Okay. 
this would be at beach level. So it would protect more homes, but it would not be as robust. But, you know, despite the, the slow moving proposal and changes to this idea, Texas, to its credit, has started moving forward on making this happen. Okay. In the last legislative session, the legislature passed a bill that created a special taxing district to help fund the Ike Dyke, uh, called the, uh, the Gulf Coast Protection District. And this is Harris County, Galveston County, Chambers County, Jefferson County, Orange County. Uh, and it gives this new district authority to raise property taxes. Now, you know, if Republicans are willing to raise property taxes, this must be <laughs> legit. Yeah. And credit belongs to State Senator Larry Taylor, State Rep. Dennis Paul, the Bay Area Economic Partnership, all for pushing this across the finish line. And then to Greg Abbott for signing the bill. Like he could have vetoed it. He didn't. Yay. This is good. Mm -hmm. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Okay, now I assume that Texans would not be paying for the entire thing by themselves, right? Because this is a federal scale project. About two-thirds of the cost is going to be uh, held by the federal government. It's going to be built by the Army Corps of Engineers. So where are we now in the process? Is this a done deal? Are we definitely getting it? Is it happening? Well, the, uh, the Gulf Coast Protection District is starting to do its work. They're doing tours of the areas where the Dike might or might not go. And they really have to make decisions on a neighborhood by neighborhood, house by house basis, because the design isn't just this big coastal spine. It's also going to put a protective barrier around downtown Galveston in case you get this backsplash from Galveston Bay. Uh, it means deciding where certain walls go between uh, wetlands and the island. It just means a lot of specific decisions have to be made as to design. And so if you're doing, say, a cost-benefit analysis of whose home gets protected and who doesn't, uh, the Houston Chronicle has a good job of highlighting this means that if you are in a poor series of homes, uh, there's not an economic justification to protect your home. If you are in a street of very wealthy homes, then suddenly the value is more worthwhile. Uh, and this is an unfortunate reality that, say, Harris County has confronted when it floated its recent flood bond, saying that we will have equity built into it to provide services and protection to neighborhoods that get overlooked in this usual federal uh, economic analysis. So they decide where to build it based on the value of the property that they're protecting. The, the cost benefit analysis. Yes. Not the number of people. It's the number of dollars. Okay. But this clouds a larger image. And I think it's something that gets missed that folks who don't like the Ike Dyke say like, well, we're doing this to protect a bunch of oil and gas infrastructure. Why not make them pay for it? Or why not do targeted protection to just do these sites? So say you don't have to build a big gate in the middle of Galveston Bay that could upset salinity or turtle migration patterns, or it just doesn't cost as much. So we get done quicker. And the Ike Dyke, because it is so massive, ends up protecting a bunch of homes and neighborhoods around Galveston Bay that otherwise would not uh, merit protection under this federal analysis. They're going to have a lot of poor neighborhoods benefiting from something on this massive scale, where if you just did targeted protection, 
their homes would be left out to dry or, or left out to flood. So they are figuring out exactly what the proposal is. Is the money there yet? No, the money is not there yet. And you can't fund something until it actually has a design. Uh, and so there had been a lot of clamoring to say, oh, well, if we're going to do this infrastructure bill that Congress passed last year, that we should get money in that. Like, well, you can't really fund something that doesn't exist. There had been an idea that you create a new system to lease off federal offshore lands for renewable energy, basically offshore wind, and use the revenues from that to go into an infrastructure bank dedicated to building coastal storm surge protections. Because Houston isn't the only area that needs this. We're kind of sitting around waiting for the usual method of getting infrastructure dollars from Congress. And we'll see how long that takes. And it is frustrating to me to see a lot of our representatives talk about anything besides this. Because it seems like the single most important thing for Houston to protect the reason why we're all here, which certainly isn't the weather. <laughs> It is the port and oil and gas. That's why Houston exists. And if that goes down, Houston kind of loses its reason for existing. Well, and if we looked at just simply disrupting uh, oil and gas flow and petrochemical flow, we were living through that right now with this war in Russia and a cutoff of, say, natural gas out of Russia. And we've seen inflation spike because of that. We've seen supply chain issues because of that. Okay, now imagine that happening on a larger scale right here in Houston. Right. Like the $30 billion investment would easily pay for itself. Because this could tank the American economy. Mm -hmm. In addition to like gunking my house and giving me cancer. Yeah, in addition to killing a bunch of people. I would expect Texas politicians to be all over anything that protects the oil and gas economy. You would think so. And as I pointed out, you had a lot of Republicans in the state legislature like stepping up to help this get done. But you also had some who tried to attach some poison pills to the bill as it was moving through. I'll point to uh, Mays Middleton, uh, who is supposed to represent Galveston, attached a provision to the Ike Dyke funding bill to say, oh, well, instead of voting all of these counties together and the majority can authorize raising property taxes to pay for it, it just has to go county by county. And so if Harris County wants to raise its property taxes, it can do that. But if Orange County doesn't want to do it, then they don't have to. Well, then the whole thing falls apart. Everyone has to be in this together. And that uh, amendment got taken out in committee. But you really see some people putting the political philosophy or partisan convenience ahead of benefiting the immediate material interests of the people living here in Houston. I mean, it's weird. I think of senators and congressmen as being focused on making stuff happen for the people they represent. And it used to be that the Texas delegation did a really good job of going up to D.C. and whether you're a Democrat or Republican, bringing down the pork for Houston. Right. That Why is the Johnson Space Center here? Right. It makes no sense, but it's here. You know, how did we get a whole bunch of uh, hydropower plants throughout the Hill Country? Thank you, federal government, for making that happen. To be fair, we pay taxes. We deserve to get some stuff back, right? It's not just pork. And this is good for the U.S. But yeah, you're right. We used to get more than our share, and that was nice. We used to have a delegation that was dedicated to making this happen. And I remember hearing from Kay Bailey Hutchison before she uh, resigned, 
saying that being the senator from Texas is a little bit like being the parent of a teenager. You always have something to worry about. <laughs> and you have senators from states like Utah or Kentucky, where you got like one or two things that like your state really needs out of you. But you have a certain discretion to go off on whatever interests you. If you're a senator from Texas, you don't have that luxury. You have to worry about military bases. You have to worry about NASA. You have to worry about the coast. You have to worry about the oil and gas industry and the renewable industry. You have to worry about the border. You have to worry about international trade. Like it's all over the place, everything. And so when you have a senator, say like Senator Cruz, who stands up and says he is explicitly not going to get earmarks, he is not going to support them, he is not going to ask to get the resources that Texas needs out of budget bills. It's something that undermines our ability to get all this great stuff that keeps Texas a healthy, thriving, wealthy, working state. And my constant banging of the drum on the Ike Dyke is not just about building the Ike Dyke, but a larger philosophical message that we need our representatives to care about things and care about our state and not just what does well uh, during the big uh, culture wars we've got going on on cable news. Because there are real things that we need government to do. Absolutely. And this is near the top of the list. A hundred percent. There is no private sector solution to the Ike Dyke. The government has to do it and it has to do it fast. We're going to see that hurricane moving along, headed towards Galveston Bay and saying, if only we'd acted, if only the federal government had given this the attention it deserved, like we would be protected because every passing year we are vulnerable to the largest environmental disaster in human history. Ay, ay, ay. All right. Well, thanks, Evan. You're welcome. I am here with producer Farrell Gibbs. Farrell, what is going on around Houston today? Thank you, Lisa. Houston's privately funded space company, Axiom, had a recent mission to the International Space Station. The mission was called AX-1, and they have been delayed multiple days trying to get back, all because of poor weather conditions in the area where the spacecraft has been due to splash down. Up there is a crew of four. It is the Axiom Company's first flight. The crew has been gone since April the 8th, and if no more delays occur, they will have disembarked from the space station, spent a day in free flight in orbit, and they are due back sometime today. They will splash down off the Florida coast if the weather is permitting. That's it for our show today. If you like the show, you'll probably also like our email newsletter. Sign up for it at houston.citycast.fm. We will be back tomorrow. That's horrible. <clears throat> All right. Some things only take eight takes.